Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Live It Well podcast. We are your hosts, Chris and Jenny Gravy. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. We are so glad that you're here with us. Each week, we invite authors, mentors, friends of ours who have an inspiring message, who are living their life well. And so our goal is to learn and grow, and we want to invite you to do the exact same thing with us. So hope you're ready. Let's dive right in. On today's episode, we're talking with best-selling author and speaker Angie Smith about how to move past the insecurity that can hold us back from studying God's Word and replace it with confidence. Angie shares her own journey of overcoming confusion and intimidation in her understanding of the scriptures. Angie is equal parts hilarious and also just really tender. She had us laughing and crying, sometimes all in the same sentence. Guys, no matter what situation this finds you in today, we hope and pray as you listen, God will meet you right where you are and speak directly to the place this finds you. Everything's for just a little while. I think there are just seasons where you're like, I don't know if I'm going to get through this. And that's perspective that I didn't used to have. Everything felt like it was going to last forever. Like having young kids, being in a really abusive relationship, you know, whatever it was, I just have had this feeling of like, I'm stuck here and it's never going to be different. And I think in small ways and in big ways, we're just passing through all of this 2020, there's another side to it. And you should enjoy the moment, but also just remember that it's not forever. We're just passing through. Grab your coffee and join us. Here's Angie. All right, Angie, welcome to the show. We are so glad you're here with us today. I'm super glad to be here. This is fun, even though we were just talking about how we should have gotten together in person, because I think we live about five minutes from each yeah, other. We didn't realize how close. <laughs> but that's all right. We're, we're social distancing. We're, we're following. There the rules, you go. Right? Good. Yeah. Okay. Hey, for the people who don't know your story, and someone says, hey, who are you? What do you do? What, what would you like to share with our listeners? Um, first of all, I'd be like, I don't really know how you don't know me. So <laughs> yeah, maybe you just yeah. haven't been paying attention. Um, <laughs> I would say I um, started ministry several years ago, not based on something I would have chosen, but I was pregnant with a daughter. We found out that she wouldn't live outside of my body. And my husband sings that I think there are just a lot of people who kind of wanted to know what was going on. It was really sweet, but it got overwhelming. So I just started blogging. And um, I think a lot of people just connected to that loss and that community is a special, you know? So I kind of felt like I had this team behind me. And then after that, it just sort of turned into what it is. So now I um, write books and Bible studies and teach and do awesome podcasts. So yeah, <laughs> I have a lot of other kids. Um, I have four other girls. Uh, we were also talking about right before we got on that my twins are 18 and are going to be leaving for college, which is honestly, it, it's mind blowing that that's the case. But yeah, that's me in a little tiny nutshell. Nice. It's a good nutshell. I like that one. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Well, speaking of your tiny little nutshell, um, you know, yes. you talk about ministry and being in ministry. You know, we interview people all the time for the different projects and whatnot. We're going to jump into this new project you have here in a second. But um, you know, sometimes we'll, we'll interview like the Beveers and like, right, mm-hmm. and their kids, right, and everybody's been in ministry forever, but that's not really your story. Mm-hmm. So what what's your yeah. faith journey to discovering Jesus and you ending up doing mm-hmm. the stuff you're doing today? I wasn't raised in a Christian home. Um, I was raised in a very good home, but we just didn't, Jesus wasn't part of it. And so I, if this is hard to tell this part of the story now, just because of the last few years, but um, I went to Vanderbilt for graduate school. And while I was in school, my dad called me home 
because he had been given three months to live. He got cancer and it was really bad. My mom has always struggled tremendously with mental illness. And so she wasn't really going to be able to kind of take over. So I went home for a little bit, learned how to you know, do the checkbook and all that stuff. And um, I said, if you're a real God, like you'll heal my dad. And Christmas Eve, we got a call. They couldn't find cancer anywhere in his body. And I was like, okay, first of all, like, hey, good job. Like that. <laughs> all right. That got my attention. Um, so my dad was Catholic. I went the next day. The Catholic church was literally about to start this program called RCIA, where you go through for a year and you become Catholic. So I did that. Um, and then after that, I felt like my beliefs kind of moved not to more Protestant theology, but that was kind of where it started. And I just, I was invited to a Bible study. I had no idea what Bible study was. And I'm much more of an academic. And so I just like to, I like science. I like to figure things out. And I had just never, I'd never really been in a Christian world. And so they invited me. They're like, you just need to go to this Lifeway bookstore and get the Bible study. I don't know if you've ever done Breaking Free by Beth Moore, if that's what it was. And it is a deep dive for your first one. But I got there, sat in my Jeep, listened to the Beastie Boys. And I was like, I am not going in that store. All the faces are like, everything's like so happy on the posters. And I tell that part because Lifeway's been my publisher for 11 years now. So it makes that story a little ironic. But I didn't go in. She gave me an extra copy. And I went, <laughs> I did bring a Bible the next week. It's the only one I had. And it's precious moments. Brought that Catholic edition, precious moments. And they were just so kind to me and they answered questions and it sort of got me interested. But again, I just couldn't get a hold of the story. So again, when I finally did Brave Lifeway, I went and sat on the floor in the kids section with like picture Bibles and kind of graduated up to words. And then I just didn't understand the story. You know, like I know Jonah's, he's like in a whale or what I didn't have a felt board. I don't, but I don't know where that happens. And I don't know other than like a couple of details of the story. I, so I think by the time I really started digging into that is when my faith journey sort of turned into what it is now. It was just a major shift in how I understood scripture and God in general, because it had never made sense to me before. So that's kind of what I kind of love doing now. I'm kind of glad I have that. But Todd is, his siblings used to pray that he wouldn't die because he was too good for the world. Like he is the most, like the fact that <laughs> I should have also mentioned the part of my story that's everyone's favorite, which is the girls who invited me to the Bible study became friends and asked me to come to a singles retreat, which is horrifying, but they both wanted to marry the same guy. Oh, so man. I thought there was going to be a cat fight. And I was like, I, I wasn't even a Christian at the time. I'm like, I mean, I'll go. And then I married him. So <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh, dang, girl. <laughs> that is awesome. But that was it. They were like, how did you get him to like go on a walk with you? I was like, I said, do you want to go on a walk? I'm like, what are the rules? Like, I don't yeah. know what you guys do here. Amen. <laughs> well, thanks for sharing that. I love that throughout that story, I heard checkbook. If anybody who's listening out there maybe doesn't know yeah. what that is. Beastie Boys <laughs> and Lifeway Stores. So uh -huh. You know what? I'm going to be honest with you. I did not say what we talked about before we started. That phrase that I was going to try and yeah, throw in. So feel free, for the record, I you know, <laughs> you'd, I'd rather I'm going to fight for my right. Okay. Yeah. All right. You know what? She's crafty. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
That is awesome. Well, let's dive into woven. I I love that this kind of, you know, ties right into it. I love that God really through your journey through children's Bibles to writing a Bible study about the entire Bible and now this woven story. So I love how you're taking the kind of intimidation out of studying the scriptures for people. Um, Tell us about what led you to write this and what you're hoping that people take away from it. Yeah, I think So Seamless was my first Bible study, and that was kind of the sort of chronological overview of scripture and connecting Old Testament to new. And when I first started, it's, you know, the Bible's super intimidating. It's like just tissue, you know, and being in that Bible study group, I just remember, I felt like everyone was just open, like everyone just knew where everything was. And so there was a gap for me in that understanding of sort of like the big picture. Mm -hmm. So that was what the impetus was for me to write Seamless. And after we finished that, we just, in the last few years, were praying and my publisher came to me and said, what if we used it and made it into a trade book, but then added a lot to it? I was kind of like, I don't know. And then I prayed about it and I just kind of go back to myself sitting in Lifeway. I mean, someone invited me to a Bible study, but if they hadn't, I wouldn't have just picked up a Bible study. It feels like a lot of work for someone who doesn't even know anything about the Bible. So my hope and my prayer is that not just for people who are Christians, because I think based on my experience with meeting people, if anyone does feel insecure, you're in great company. I think 90% of Christians do not actually have a really strong basis for understanding the story of scripture. Um, And for those who aren't believers, my hope is that, you know, even if you don't know this, the whole of scripture, you don't have to. So it's sort of like one of those, like, I hope you'll take I want to give you a story and let him tell it to you. So that was, that's really the heart behind it. I would love to see new believers kind of just open it up and start understanding who he is in a way that doesn't feel intimidating. Uh, I'm very sarcastic. I don't know if you noticed that. So there's a lot of me kind of in there making jokes about things that it's okay to be funny. It's okay to just like have this, you know, scripture is very serious and not saying that it isn't, but it's also something we can be totally authentic and you know, have a conversation about without it feeling like it's this high theology that's untouchable. Mm-hmm. Was there a turning point for you as you kind of entered this journey of diving into the scriptures and seeking to understand that bigger picture? Was there a moment? Was there a turning point where it really began to click for you? Yeah, I, I'm trying to think of where. I think one of the hardest parts of scripture for me to understand still is just sort of like the prophets and the kings and like what's happening in Chronicles and I remember I was studying Moses for a little while during it. And there's one part where, well, I always cry it when he dies and God buries him, but I was just kind of going through it. And all of a sudden, I don't know what I was reading or what it was, but you know, you're following the whole story of Moses and now he's at the promised land and he's not going to go in. And then it gets to Deuteronomy and you're following the story, you know, and I'm like, Deuteronomy sounds so intimidating. It's like, no, he gave five speeches before they went in and just said like, here's what's happened, do it better. It's like writing, you're like, hey, these two books of the Bible, they're not even near each other in the Bible, but they're actually happening at the same time. One's just telling the political side ones. So, I mean, I think it's that when something clicked in me that in some very basic way, you can summarize every book of the Bible and just Mm kind of go, all right, well, that's kind of the story. Like then this happened, then this happened, then, but that Deuteronomy, I think, because I opened it up like, oh gosh, here we go again. I'm gonna have to study this. And then I realized that I'm like, I know exactly where that happens in the story. That's what that <laughs> means. And that's such a powerful feeling, you know? Yeah. 
So, okay. You're sitting across from somebody who doesn't know Jesus, you know, or you, you, you walk into a, a an abandoned lifeway and someone's sitting on the floor <laughs> looking at old dusty children's books that oh, never made awful. it on the truck. It's yeah. Awful. Um, but you're sitting across from them and you're going, okay, I, I've written this book, but like, what's a cool piece that you, you discovered on your journey of this weaving your way through the scriptures that you would, you would share with somebody who has no idea. Um, I think, again, it's the way that my brain works, but I think for me, it's, you read about people who are in these time periods, you studied them in school, you know, you have a, a jumping point for this. Now, while that was happening, there was also this historical figure, but for me, a lot of it is trying to make the connection between the fact that this isn't just a story and starting with that, like, we all understand how history works because for a long time, I just didn't, I didn't understand the timing of when certain people lived or, and I don't, I think that there's just a way to approach what people already know and what they feel confident in and kind of start from there and have a conversation. Also, no, just kidding. I was like, well, I wouldn't be with a Christian, like someone who didn't know Jesus. So no, like, <laughs> right. yeah, actually my, in the Lifeway thing, that's a, that got me. Bookstores are my thing and that Lifeway in particular, it's like, that yeah. one in Cool Springs, like, mm -hmm. uh, kills yeah. me. Oh, yeah. this this girl can just go nerd out in a bookstore for, for days. <laughs> it's like, see ya. It, it Honestly, is, it's total therapy for me. It's so sad. I hope that we hold on to our Barnes and Nobles. I mean, I'm it's really rooting for them. I don't it's know what we'll we got. do without them. Um, okay, so what are, what are some of the greatest lessons that God's shown you through the process of writing this? I mean, we're in the throes of writing right now. Writing a book changes your life. I'm sure you know this. How many, this is your, what number book is this for you? <laughs> so many. <laughs> I should know. I mean, it's not like it's that many. I count in my head. A lot, yeah. a lot of times that you've more gone through this more than a process. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Um, and there's a transformation that happens. So what is something that you're taking with you after writing this and putting it out into the world? What's a lesson or something that God's done through you and shaped through you as a process of bringing this book to life. Is that, is that all? Is that the whole question? It sounds complicated. <laughs> Can we do like a, I'll go like deeper next time. No. <laughs> I was hoping so. I'm like, I know. The time. there's an A um, and B section. Just, that was just, the, that's just the, the A. Opener. So. Do it in Latin now. Yeah. yeah. I think for me, and this is the sort of the personal side of it is, sort of around the same time period, crossed over, you know, it's like one of those weird long story. I was working on my second Bible study, Matchless. And so during this, um, during that um, period, my dad was um, really sick and he ended up passing away of cancer about a year and a half ago. And my grandma died two months after. I can't make this up. My sister was going through breast cancer. My mom had emergency brain surgery. I mean, it was like, and I'm power of attorney over everyone, you know, and so we're moving my mom into, you know, just, and my dad was my hero. Um, so I think for me, I, I think I just hit a fork in the road. I was like, either you are or you're not. And I just don't know right now. And I think that while I was writing, because he knows how to talk to me, he knew that once I got into it, once I got into I was forced to because I had a deadline, you know? I mean, they were very gracious with it, but I had to be writing. And 
this is such a kind of like a cheesy thing to say, but it feels true to me. I feel like I lost my dad and I found my father. I feel like there were a lot of ways that I had just doubted him. With that said, there is not a single day of my life, maybe not an hour, where I don't have some doubt. I think it's hard to go through and feel absolutely 100% about everything, every moment. So um, I'm not saying that's the case. But I do feel like the more I studied and the more I wrote and sort of just encountered this, the man, Jesus, the man, that that was a real shift in me in a time period that was most tender and hard season of my life. So I feel like the Lord really gave me some time with him during that to have those lessons. I wouldn't have chosen it, obviously. I'd do, I'd do anything to have him back. But he's he's in there a lot. Yeah, he, he's in there. That's beautiful. I'm so sorry Thank that you, you went through that. Um, but what a beautiful thing for God to bring that out through that yeah. season. Um, speak to someone listening who is being faithful to open God's word every day, but they're, they're meeting dead words on a page. What are some practical things they can do to help God's word start to come alive for them? Yeah, I think I will say for me, I, I had a really hard time doing that. I mean, I just, I think I was like, I'm going to keep you at arm's length. I don't, I don't know what I can trust and what I can't. And I felt that, I mean, even when I would open it, I, you know, it's just, it just felt so far away. And I would say from a, just a super practical standpoint, it isn't like you have to sit down for hours and wait for this huge revelation. It can just be something where you go in and sit on one passage and just say, I'm just going to commit to reading, you know, a few passages today or whatever topic you're interested in. And for me, praying before I start and just saying, I know there's something you have for me today. I can't, I'm not going to find it on my own. Just asking the Holy Spirit to infuse those words. And again, I don't say that lightly. Um, I know that there's something that happens when we do that, but I also know that we don't necessarily sense that every time. Mm -hmm. So there's a part of me that always just says with faith in general and with reading scripture, whether or not you feel it is somewhat irrelevant. Um, I, I don't know that it's about feeling. I think it's about being faithful and committing to doing something because you know that it's the right thing to do. And on days where you're kind of like, ah, oh, gosh, I really can't connect. God is no smaller. He's no less present. Mm -hmm. And so I, th I think there's something about trying to get into a rhythm where your expectation is obedience and not this, you know, massive realization or I feel like that's something that I have to tell myself a lot at least and just finding a way that you enjoy it again mm -hmm. I love to like find a word and go okay, is that the same word that this is so just let yourself be creative with it and don't make it so regimented that you feel like do this do this do this yeah sit with the window cracked open with a candle and everything's quiet and really we're like we have 10 children you know yeah, like running exactly. around our everything <laughs> we have a puppy I have a golden yeah. retriever who I'm Surprise hasn't Finley usually bust in that door, but it just doesn't have to look. Don't right. set yourself up for this like expectation yeah. of it being anything that's not more than just listening and you know taking in whatever it was for that day. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. You've done a good job here today. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Thank want you, you to, sir. Just want you to know that. <laughs> Everybody needs to go pick up this book. Uh, I know it's going to help so many people. And I just want to say thank you for writing it. Thank you for being faithful. I, I know that the writing process can be a, a trial at times, but on the other side, 
really looks like every time you create something, it really helps a lot of people. So thank you for doing that. So everybody listening, go get this thing. Go get this thing called Woven. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't know how many, I don't even know if I wrote it, to be honest. Yeah, I don't know. We don't know how many <laughs> books you wrote. Maybe, maybe you haven't. No maybe, maybe you've written a lot. Maybe you haven't written maybe any. Maybe this whole thing is, maybe is this, this like a Christian here? interview? Because I didn't get that memo either. Yeah. I'm just playing along. I'm just, yeah. just playing yeah. along. All right. So we usually kind of close out the show with three questions, but we're going to throw like this early bonus one because we just got out of 2020 and, you know, middle of the pandemic. So one of the things we're looking for is tell us some gold or a fun story or something cool that happened to you in 2020. Something good. What's a good thing that happened to you in 2020? Gosh, I know that there were a lot. Okay, I'll say this. I mean, I know I'm, I'm like digging. Like I know it's down here. Hold on. Um, we, um, there was this one time. No, I will say that when the pandemic started, it was the strangest thing. My girls and I had gone on a school trip um, with their school. They do this thing called Week Without Walls, where you end up going out of the school and into the world somewhere. We went to Broadway. They had gotten, I mean, it was like this crazy, we did not pay that much money. It's going to sound like it. We went to like six Broadway shows, stayed down in this awesome place. And while we were there, I was leaving early to go to a speaking engagement. And so while we were there, it was five o'clock. I could tell you where I was doing. It was H&M. It's a good H&M too. I was standing in H&M and I heard someone next to me because we'd been in Times Square the whole time. And like, there was a thing going on, but like, at that point, it was just sort of like, sure. and it's New York. Everyone's like, yeah, that's fine. We're, we've gotten through worse. Uh-huh. So I heard someone say they just closed Broadway. And it was like everything kind of shifted. So this is like early on. There had only been a few thousand people maybe. So the musical teacher who was with us got COVID while we were there. So we come home. We're all quarantined. Well, this you have to remember, like, this is like a scarlet letter right now. Like, we, like at our door, we're like, we can't come. I mean... It quarantined is like a terrible and people act like they did something they're like she's got COVID you know I'm like I didn't no, I didn't it's not like I did this terrible dirty thing I wasn't like you know doing drugs in a bathroom and I got like <laughs> it's just I can't control it um but it was that way so we went into quarantine and it was brand new at that point we looked at each other like how are we gonna do this I'm a homebody my husband's best friend is like, Angie, let's be honest. You've been training for COVID for like 43 years. So you're pumped right now. But we, I know, yeah. but we spent those two weeks together and we played dumb games and we, it just, I do feel like, and I've heard several people say that, but I do feel like there was, was just like we were forced together, but I think just some relationships, there was definitely a shift in how we sort of related to each other in the sense of like, it's kind of us against the world right now. And we're, this is what we got. So that was really sweet. Um, what is a book that's changed your life? Okay. You guys, a few nights ago, there was a book on a shelf. My daughters are thinking about psychology. And I was like, you have to read this. I haven't looked at it in years, pull it off the shelf, give it to her. The next day I'm doing a podcast. She says something like, what's a book you've read recently? And I'm like, actually, I can't think of one. I mean, I could think of one, but it was like fiction about some woman who's getting killed at like a, a lodge or something. And so I was like trying yeah. to not yeah. like, I was going to be again, like, is this Christian? Again? I can't remember. <laughs> I was like, am I supposed to say Bible? Is that what I'm supposed to say that? Jesus. I'm going to be judged, right? I know. Just go to Jesus. 
Yeah. So I said this book, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, one of the best books I've ever read. And so then we talk about it. I did the next podcast in the middle of it. The lady goes, have you ever read Emotionally Healthy Spirituality? I'm like, are you like, is this a (laughs) joke? That's how God talks to me though. He's like, good luck with those statistics. Like (laughs) if you're struggling, I'm just going to like throw all of these things at you that you can't explain. That one's so good. I totally recommend it. And Redeeming Love. Oh yeah. Redeeming Love. Yes. Yes. He won't read it. I keep telling you he needs to read it, right? <laughs> you really, my kid, we have like a redeeming love. We have like a ministry. You know what we should do y'all? We'll just meet in the middle. We'll do yes. like a book club. Yes. We'll find the, somewhere right in the, the middle of our room. Catcher. Yes. We're well, just going to sit in the, the corner. It's so weird. It's so weird. Will there Todd now. read it? Can you make Todd read it? I think he has. In fact, I'm oh, not, I don't, I'm not trying to make you look bad, Chris. I think he went on to read this five book series that Francine Rivers mm-hmm. wrote as well. No. No. So there's hope. If, it, there's look, hope. if it's on Audible and I can triple speed yes, it. There you go. Well, there you go. Let's go. Sure let's go. I'll knock that out in one gym <laughs> visit. Okay. Back on track. Second question. What's a habit that's changed your life? A good habit. Besides Coke Zero. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I don't know why I'll say the first thing that came to mind is learning how to give people the benefit of the doubt. Mm -hmm. I think I have a really, so that's not a tangible, but especially in this time period, I'm like, Hey y'all, if you're following someone on Instagram and you can't give them the benefit of the doubt, like just click away. Like we're just fighting over, it's not saying they're right or wrong, but just listen. So I feel like that's not my tendency as my maiden name is Bachato. I'm very Italian and very (laughs) spicy. And I can get myself in trouble. And I feel like I'm trying really hard to be kind and to just give someone the benefit of the doubt before I, you know, go to jail. <laughs> That's really good. It's very yeah, wise. <laughs> okay. Lastly, what is one piece of advice you would give to the younger you? That's a really good question because I'm thinking about even like my girls now and what, um, gosh, that's a hard one. Um, I would just say everything's for just a little while. I think um, again, it's, there are just seasons where you're like, I don't know if I'm going to get through this. I mean, I don't know if, and yeah, when I was in the middle of losing my dad, I was at target, you know, one in cool springs and, um, the lady who's checking me out, I was trying to organize my parents' house and it was hard. And I have all these bins everywhere and I'm checking out and I mean, it's literally like carts full. And she's like, are you doing some organizing today? And I don't know why, but I just lost it. And I was like, I was two years old. It started, you know, and she's like, like, she has no idea what to do with me. So we get through the whole thing. And she looked at me and she said, I'll pray for your dad. And also, and she said, honey, you don't, don't forget this. We were just passing through. And it was like one of those moments where I just thought that's a perspective that I didn't used to have. Everything felt like it was going to last forever. Like having young kids, being in a really abusive relationship, being in you know, whatever it was, I just have had this feeling of like, I'm stuck here and it's never going to be different. And I think in small ways and in big ways, we're just passing through all of this 2020, there's another side to it. And you should enjoy the moment, but also just remember that it's not forever. Um, incidentally, um, I don't know if you know where that, um, right before you get to the Sonic, Franklin, even closer, it's where I got pulled over since I left Target. <laughs> It's awesome. So he pulls up and he's like looking in the back of my, like, he literally walks up and he goes, you doing some organizing? I was like, oh my gosh, it started when I was two. Like, can you turn off your lights and talk? Um, yeah, oh but I love that story and I will never um, 
forget her asking what my dad's name was and just speaking something into me that I feel like, yeah, I don't know why that's the first thing that came to mind, but I would say we're just passing through. I love that. That's so good. So timely for right now too. Absolutely. All right. Where can people find you, stalk you, look you up, all that good stuff? To like my address? Like for you yeah. guys? Or- <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is where you, you finally give us your address. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have, uh, I think it's Angie Smith. I, I'm not good at like running my actual life. So I think it's <laughs> smithonline.com and, you know, Amazon Lifeway bookstores. <laughs> yes. We'll, we'll find it. We'll link to it. We'll, we'll get it all there in the show notes. Awesome. You did great. It's Thanks so for coming fun. on today. Thanks for sharing your story. Um, can't wait to bump into you at Target. <laughs> I know. Seriously. Yep. I'll be the one with the carts. With, with all the carts. Cool. Absolutely. So, Thank you, Angie. Yeah. You got it. Talk to you later. Peace. Bye. Guys, thank you so much for listening. We hope this episode blessed you, and we'd love to hear from you. Take a minute, leave us a review on iTunes, hit us up on our website, letsliveitwell.com, or come find us on social media. We love hearing how these conversations are speaking to you. Also, you can find all the info for today's episode, all the books and links mentioned in our show notes over at our website, letsliveitwell.com. Well, that's a wrap for today's episode. We're going to close this show out like we always do. Remember, you only get one life. Live Live it it well. well.